2019. What are the trends in leadership and successful organizations we're seeing as this new year gets underway? On this week's show, two of my colleagues in the consulting world weigh in on what they're seeing. We've seen this line blurring between work and life for many years now, and it's kind of caused this explosion of... An explosion of what? We'll answer that question. We'll also talk about something every leader is battling right now. When people are leaving the organization and you're creating turnover what it costs to replace people from a salary standpoint it's huge we've got to talk about what's working to retain valuable employees and on this week's show we'll also revisit one of the viral videos of 2018 i don't understand why i go to popeyes and i got to wait on hot chicken when all you sell is chicken McDonald's don't ever have nothing working, and don't let me get started on Burger King. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to talk about Burger King. Well, maybe not them, but one of their competitors who's crushing it. Let's get it started. This is the Decide to Lead podcast with Russ Hill. Welcome to the first show of the brand new year, 2019. This is episode 18 of the Decide to Lead podcast with me, Russ Hill. This podcast is for those who aren't yet the person they want to become and for leaders who are looking for tips, hacks, ideas, anything that's working out there to achieve and sustain extraordinary results. So glad you downloaded this show. Hopefully you're subscribed to the podcast. So each week you just get a notification. This new show pops in and you're able to listen to it when you have time for it. I'm super excited about this uh, this first show of the new year for many reasons. One, there's so much to talk about. Two, I get to introduce you today to two of my colleagues. These are guys that I work closely with as part of our firm, Partners in Leadership, as we consult organizations around the world on accountability and managing their culture. And uh, this is the first of what I hope will be, and it looks like I'm going to be able to introduce you to more of my colleagues, more of the people that work in our firm. Today, you're going to hear from two senior partners at our firm, Tanner Corbridge and Jared Jones. These guys are actually close friends of mine, and uh, as well as all the folks that you're going to meet inside our firm that we, we, I mean, we travel the world, so we're, we're flying crazy um, flights and, and schedules and meetings around the world, and so you get to know and really love and appreciate these folks and value what they bring to our organization as well as, and more importantly, to the clients and the leaders that we work with in all kinds of industries. And so I'm going to get into the dialogue pretty quick, get into the conversation. We recorded this during the holiday break between 18 and 19. And so um, what you're going to hear is us talk about two different topics. The first topic we're going to address is trends that each one of us are seeing. We each picked one trend that we're seeing going into this new year and the second topic is a trend we wish we were seeing from leaders and organizations as we kick off this uh, this new calendar year. So you're going to hear Jared and Tanner during the dialogue. We recorded this over Skype, so the audio is uh, great at times and it waves in and out uh, because it's Skype. And uh, Jared and I and Tanner are all in different locations. So um, bear that in mind. The, the the conversation started when we recorded this with me asking Jared to start off. Jared, what's a trend you're seeing as we start off this new year? Yeah, one of the trends that I've seen is moving to short snippets, YouTube style 
uh, social media style communication sources. So I'm seeing more leaders take advantage of shooting out small videos where they can communicate with the large numbers of people that they might interact or need to interact with that they they just simply can't because they can't be in in person in front of that many people. So we're I'm seeing a lot of the digital communication opportunities and and there's some powerful ways to do that where it's more experiential. Uh, there's stories being told. There's reference to the business and the strategy and connecting the dots between some of those things that that's pretty pretty unique. So I'm seeing that trend up right now. So so you're talking about leaders of organizations, large and small, who need to get out some kind of. I mean, what what kind of communication are they sending out? What are you talking? Everything about? from training, where there's a new product launch and they're trying to get training on a small team across a diverse, geographically dispersed group of people, a way of disseminating that digitally versus trying to bring everyone together in a meeting. So it's some training aspect to it as well, where actually people are saying, hey, look, we need you thinking differently in our business right now. And let's give you some tools and some thinking around that. And let's put a three minute video together that brings that to life and okay. trains people on how to do things differently. It's it's all all over the map on that. Tanner, you're seeing that too. I, I already know that, right? I mean, what do you want to say about it? Yeah, I am. I think the key driver behind it really is is organizations are have calculated over the years the labor costs associated with pulling people together. And it's it it it's so expensive, especially for large organizations to pull people together. It's actually, it dwarfs the actual expense of, let's call it training or whatever we're trying to communicate, that the cost of just asking people to do it far out exceed or far, far outweighs the actual cost of doing the training. I have a, a, um, a client in the restaurant industry, 130,000 employees, where their primary medium for communicating to their field is these little pockets of data that show up in their emails by virtue of these videos that are taken by senior leaders, senior field leaders, even the CEO, it shows up, they watch it, and it's digested, and there's no labor costs associated with it. So definitely a trend. Perfect. Good. Uh, let's go to yours, Tanner. What trend are you seeing as we start off the new year? You know, I so I would capture this trend as well-being. Now, well-being in and of itself is not a trend, but well-being emerging as a strategic priority, and even for, for many, a top business outcome. Um, we've seen this line blurring between work and life for many years now, and it's kind of caused this explosion of, of well-being awareness because there's so much burnout. And the data is now becoming so compelling around burnout and kind of the resulting lack of productivity that we're seeing this explosion of resources and tools to address that need. Um, and the other thing I'd comment on relative to well-being is that no senior executive that we're interacting with is is needing to be convinced that it's a problem because they're living it, right? They're, they're realizing that they never shut down because they're so connected. And this connected world means that if we burn people out more readily or easily, we lose valuable talents and, and then we, we end up um, – impacting all sorts of other important business metrics, not the least of which, you know, engagement and, and productivity. Um, and so organizations who are ignoring this kind of, it's kind of like the diversity and inclusion wave that washed over business 10 years ago. If they're ignoring well-being, they're kind of being perceived as behind the times by their workforce because they're not responding it. So there's, there's definitely an urgency to it. Jared, you seen that at all? 
Totally. And and I think a big part of that is the millennials that have entered the workforce mm. and the way they think about um, their life, not just their career. It, there is definitely, and we see this from generation to generation, there's always something that because of the way they were raised, because of the way they grew up, they, they get a different perspective on things. And it's it's definitely more purpose-driven. That, that millennial generation seems to be more purpose-driven. I know they, they get a hard rap sometimes on working hard and all that. They work hard. They want to work hard, but they want to do it with purpose, and they want to do it with something more behind it. And it's not just, you know, give everything you got to the corporation. So we're seeing – I'm seeing some of that trend because of that. I don't know what the actual number is with how many millennials are in the workforce today, but that's what I'm seeing. You know, yeah, I, it's, Go ahead, Tanner. Well, so if I could just comment on that. Gallup's most Gallup. recent numbers on that are is that millennials spend twice as much in, from a personal investment standpoint on self-care as baby boomers do. So they, they care about it, and all the data is supporting it. I, it for some people – this is a soft area, right? I mean, I, I'm certain that there are people who are tuning in, who are listening, and this well-being thing is is uh, feels soft to them. Like seriously, that's the job of the company to worry about your your well-being. Actually, it's the revenue, or it's the safety number, or it's whatever it is. So I'm sure some. How would you react to to that? Yeah, I, Deloitte produced some fresh data. Um, in the fourth quarter of this year, 2018, that said two-thirds of organizations now state that well-being programs are, quote-unquote, a critical part of their employment brand and culture. So there is, there is if you just look at the data, there's this expansion of well-being programs that are showing up by way of flexible work schedules, and, and telecommuting is now being linked to, to well-being, and and you know, even even childcare, backup childcare programs, and so forth—they're all bubbling up because the data is so compelling. Um, and if you're ignoring the trend, you're ignoring the data. I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Okay. And there are a few ideas in there too. I think if if it's something that let's say I'm a I'm a owner of a company, a small company that's listening to this, we've given them a few tips in there for how to address well-being. Anything else on that before we before we move to the item I've got? How how would you impact well-being if i'm if whether i'm a mid-level manager i've only got so much control in my view or i'm a senior executive or i own a small company one or two ideas from either one of you on on how to impact that yeah russ i just a thought on that so i I just looked up the number that by the year 2020 it's going to be almost half the workforce Mm -hmm. made up by millennials and when you think through that and you think about the impact on the business when people are leaving the organization and you're creating turnover We've all seen the numbers on turnover and what it costs to replace people from a salary standpoint. It's huge. But just put that all aside for a moment and just think about how people actually engage. When people are engaged and happy at work, what they're doing to drive the business and impact the business positively, which impacts profit and revenues and efficiency and everything else, those things it's a, it's a massive number. It's why this is getting so much attention. It's not a soft thing gotcha. at all. Okay. Um, you, you talk about retention. I, let's go to my item, um, What I the trend I'm seeing. I, when I was thinking about this, I wrote down several bullet points. I thought um, one you all might bring up, the two of you might bring up, is retention and engagement, which we just did talk about. Um, it wasn't your specific item, but 
that's not the one I picked, but it is certainly uh, a trend that I'm seeing is the fight for talent right now in this particular economy as we start off 2019. It's it's intense. The one I did pick was uh, came out of uh, the latest research that that uh, LinkedIn put out. So they do a, a workplace study every year. They they just within the last few weeks put out their 2018 the end of 2018 workplace study. This number jumped off uh, off the uh, charts for me. It said 93 percent according to LinkedIn, 93 percent of employees say they would stay at a company longer. So it goes to retention if the company invested in their career. And so the trend I'm seeing is development being a top priority. You could even put it into, I could see some connection to Tanner, your item about well-being and back, Jared, to yours about getting this digital training or digital content or snippets of video, whatever it might be. But speaking of millennials, development and growth opportunities are huge for them too. The research shows that. In fact, I, I read something the other night that said for millennials, since we're talking about them, millennials value development and growth opportunities higher than they do cash bonuses which is crazy so mm-hmm. um and and what yeah. came to mind as i was writing this down and thinking about it is back when i first got promoted into management so i'm a low-level manager at the time working for a media company a national media company and uh and and i needed a lot i needed a lot of refinement and development as most managers do i probably needed more i'm i'm sure i needed more but our company decided to spend eight, i remember the number it was $8000 cuz it seemed so big to me at the time they they spent $8000 sending me out to gallup for 3 days um to develop me as a leader as an executive it was some kind of uh, good executive great executive course and that the loyalty that created for for that company for me was huge and so this and and in our line of work what Jared Tanner and I do along with the rest of the firm is you know we go into organizations we look for and I've talked about this in previous podcast episodes what we do and we go in and we look for okay what what are the results you're trying to achieve what shifts need to take place in the way people think and act in order to help you achieve where you want to be in three to five years as an organization. And so we, we get a lot of exposure to shifts that employees throughout organizations feel like the company needs to make. And you guys tell me if you're seeing something different, but I'm seeing development um, more commonly. It's not in every shift that every company says they need, but it's it's entering into a, more of the conversations than I saw a year or two or three ago. So react to mine, more more desire for development, a priority for development. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I would totally concur, Russ. I I would describe the shift away from careers to corporate experiences. There there is kind of this new pathway for employee employee development, rather than this. In the, in the past, there was this orderly sequential progression from job to job, and typically the focus was from down to up movement. Twenty first century careers, you know, the the changing view here is that. Development is more seen as a series of developmental experiences, each kind of uh, offering a new opportunity to acquire new skills and perspectives and judgment. And that's when when senior leaders look down at the organization at their hypos, they don't want someone who's been narrowly defined by by one job and one skill throughout their careers. There's a need for learning agility, and that requires movement laterally across the org chart and just not up and down. And 
and and so it is. It's it's a it it's an experiential view to employee development that puts them in the actual game as opposed to um, in front of the computer or in front of the the uh, leader led instructor in front of the the totally. classroom. Jared, what are you what are you seeing? In this space, yeah, I agree. I, I'm seeing a lot of the same things. In fact, when you look at that experience-based versus career, you, you, we've seen the trend in the data for years where people are, you know, not staying at jobs for more than a couple of years before they're moving on. The the stay at one place forever is is kind of a gone model. But so I I, I just agree with that. And and to Tanner's point, Jared, one of the organizations that we both have um, a lot of familiarity with, again, a large large enterprise. They even have a a uh, a shift that they're making to where there's a percentage of the workforce. It happens to be twenty percent of the workforce they want moving throughout the organization in the mm-hmm. next few years. It's exactly what what Tanner's talking about. Um, is that continual development? Well, to that. To that point, Russ, it's it's if for these larger organizations, they can create that experiential based movement within their own organization because they're diverse enough and large enough that they that, and that's what they're talking about. In the one you're describing is how do we make how do we make that an advantage for us so that they don't have to leave the company? We retain the talent, but we're able to give them all these different experiences and have them have that same um that same thing just without having to leave the organization. Yeah, for sure. And so for for those of you who are again smaller organizations listening to this conversation, you know, it doesn't have to be that I, I think one of the takeaways for me if I had let's say ten employees or a hundred employees um would be just cross training, giving people a say in in a more broader um, area of work is critically important. I'd also say you can make it as simple as feedback, which the three of us and our work are champions of just making sure that you're developing people, that you're, you're giving them appreciative and constructive feedback. You're, you're asking them their perspective, especially for millennials that, that feels flatter. It feels like you're investing in me rather than it's, it's only about the, you know, the sales or, or whatever transaction we as a business are interested in. So, okay, let's go to the, we could spend a ton of time and go a ton deeper into trends we're seeing because there are a gazillion of them. We limited ourselves to three. Let's go through, um, the trends we wish we were seeing as 2019 is starting off. Um, and so Tanner, why don't you kick us off trend you wish you were seeing? Yeah, I think it's actually a really interesting question, Russ. And, as I kind of noodled on this, my I'm going to capture my thinking here as uh, under the umbrella of culture of optional. You have more and more organizations today that are using more and more contract labor and freelancers and you know the you know gig workers, so to speak. There are more and more uh, joint ventures that are happening. Jared and I are uh, working with a uh, well-known retailer that in this this time of year. Uh, fourth quarter, their seasonal workforce just explodes. And their ability to protect the customer experience and maintain their cultural integrity with these contractors and freelancers and part-time employees is a, is a very real and substan- substantial challenge. And so the trend I would like to see is more organizations understanding how to address that, how to, how to you know, most hold the belief that it's not possible and so you just put up with the miscues with the freelancers and the 
So there's very little done on it. And we're seeing more and more clients that are kind of cracking that code and understanding that you can actually enculturate that audience so that it's not a kind of, it's not a culture of Oxfam, but they move with the culture. So it's, um, it's a trend that uh, I wouldn't have spoken about 18 months ago, but I see more and more clients talking about the need to understand how to get those people enrolled. So Tanner, they're including them even though they're temporary employees and maybe they wouldn't have before. That's exactly right. All right, good. Hey, by the way, um, for those of you listening, we know we've got some audio issues. Jared's on some island out in the Seattle area. The power went out. He's in the dark, um, so bear with us. Tanner's in Utah. I'm uh, in Phoenix, and uh, we're doing this over Skype, so we know there's at at times some audio issues, and um, hopefully they're not too bad. You can bear with us. Jared, are you seeing the same thing that uh, Tanner talked about? Yeah, I totally agree. The The need to engage people at a different level, even your temporary workforce or contract labor workforce, this we see them as a separate group of people is the issue. If they're working with your organization and they're interacting with your customers, they are your brand and they are representing your brand. And it, it kind of goes back to the first thing I said around communication and small snippets and more digital that's some of the answer to this 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 uh, problem. It's how do you get to people in a way that's more um, realistic, I guess. And that digital platform gives you a way to do that. But keeping those people engaged and teaching them about who you are and what you stand for as an organization is critical. Making clear to them what your priorities are, what the, the metrics right. are that you're paying most attention to. So you aren't just hiring them on or having them point in this one direction. That they have, They've got more they could contribute. Um, good. I like it. Uh, Jared, hey, Russ, please. Oh, hey, Tanner, Russ, please. I would just say, I would just say, I really like Jared's connecting his trend of digital with the trend that I just mentioned because they are totally connected. And it is one way that we're seeing clients address culture of optional is with that video based learning. Perfect. Good. Jared, what trend do you wish you were seeing as we kick off the new year? Man, I've struggled with two that I wanted to talk about. It's so hard to pick. But one, one in particular is we've seen culture, Tanner just mentioned culture of optional, we've seen culture get raised a number of times in the last few years. You see the Google trends on this and others where the word culture and corporate culture has definitely been trending. The trend I'd like to see with that, though, is the connection between culture and strategy. And what I don't see a lot of organizations doing is being deliberate and clear, even in their own understanding of it, but in how they do it. That culture isn't really about just well-being like we talked about earlier. Culture is getting people to align the way they think and align the way they act to get the results that you need to get. And that strategic connection, that if we get the strategy, we want to grow 20% in a new market and we want to be number one in this space or that space, well, then what does that require from a cultural standpoint to go deliver on that strategy? How do we need this group of people to think differently and then act differently? Well, then let's that's culture. How do we get the culture to move so that we deliver on that strategy, that connection, so that it's not culture for the sake of culture, but it's we're working on culture to enable a strategy. That connection is a trend I'd like to be seeing a lot more I wish more, more people were doing that. Okay. Got, did Tanner react to that? Yeah, it's, you know, Jared's point on the marrying of those two worlds is is very much at the heart of what we work with our clients on. It's the 
it's the tendency is to execute the strategy without understanding how culture can work in concert with that effort and, and even magnify that effort. We spent a lot of time working with uh, healthcare systems. And if a, you know, we've had hospitals r- roll out patient experience uh, tools and techniques for their cl- clinicians, for their nurses and physicians and PAs and so forth. And if the, if the culture is one of, if the commonly held narrative and perception inside the culture is uh, these guys don't know what they're doing because they're inundating us with too much. Well, no matter how brilliant that patient-centered tool is, it's not going to be adopted and integrated into the strategy. So you ignore you ignore culture at great peril because culture always wins. Okay, good. Um, and we obviously live in that world. It's what we do for a living, working with organizations around culture. We're champions of it. it we're seeing more people talk about it. In fact, you can look at some of the – bestseller list for books, business books that are out there. You see, you see books that are out there uh, about culture that are making that list in the last, last 12 months, um, that offer some insight. And, uh, and certainly we have, we have a lot to add on it, but okay, good for my, so the trend I wish I was seeing as we start off the new year, I actually went, you could say this is lighter, it's going to start off lighter because I'm going to play a clip, the audio version of a video clip for you guys. And you, I know you both have seen this. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times I've watched it. It cracks me up. But it introduces the topic for the trend I wish we were seeing more of. Here's the clip. Let me tell you something. I don't know what military base these people trained in, but I'm not mad at them. Okay, just just a real quick interruption. For those of you who haven't seen this video, picture cell phone camera video of a lady talking as she's driving her car. She's just left the Chick-fil-A drive-thru and she's talking about <laughs> she's she's talking about her experience. You got four people outside with handhelds, okay, under umbrellas. You got two people outside the drive-thru to greet you with your food. It be ready. I was in the line 3.5 seconds. That was to order, pay, and get my food. Baby, let me tell you what kind of training they doing. They is in the military in Chick-fil-A. I'm telling you, they have some training that they're doing, and I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them. I don't understand why I go to Popeye's and I got to wait on hot chicken when all you sell is chicken. McDonald's don't ever have nothing working and don't let me get started on Burger King. Okay? But Chick-fil-A be killing it. They have a military base that they train out of. I'm convinced. And I, I just appreciate the professionalism. It's hot as hell out here, but they smiling. Cheese, may, may I help you? Hello, Miss Carissa. How do you know me? Because I told the girl back there and they communicate. Communication is the key. Fries hot. I didn't even check my bag. And if it's a mistake, then that's what I was supposed to have. That's what I'm saying. Y'all, but who? I feel I'm, I'm emotional right now because who in the day we live, people don't, they don't, they don't even like their jobs like that. But these people, they are on it. They got a scholarship fund going right over your condiments. They say that they give these people a scholarship fund. Take care of your people. 
take care of your people and your people will take care of you. That's the lesson today. It comes through Chick-fil-A, but this is what's real out here in these streets. I'm about to eat with gratification. I didn't mind paying for that. I didn't even mind. Swipe my card. Swipe my card, Chick-fil-A. Whoo! I got a tear. Okay, so we're back recording. So you got you got you guys have both seen that video. I, I know it kills me every time, right? <laughs> it's awesome. It's so good. I love the line. If it was a mistake, that's what I was supposed to have. <laughs> Classic. Oh man. So why did I play that? Why did I play that the audio from that video? So what's the trend that I wish I was seeing? It's consistent brand experience oh my gosh and so um the chick-fil-a video that that video that went viral that most of you probably uh, out there listening have have seen if you haven't you got you gotta download that and play it for your family or colleagues but the um the chick-fil-a's nailed it right i mean the three of us we 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 spent a lot of time traveling and so we interact with the same brands in a lot of different places and uh, and so I started making a list when I was thinking about this category of brands where the where the experience is consistent. And I know Chick Fil A is not; it doesn't have as many locations as a McDonald's or um, Burger King, you know, that she mentioned in the video. But um, but wherever Chick Fil A does exist, and you guys feel free to challenge me on this, the experience is consistent. And and you could you could put I want you guys to think about other brands that you'd put in that same category. I think Southwest Airlines, not as good as Chick-fil-A in that area, but you pretty much know what you're going to get. Who else would you put in, in that category? Brands with consistent experience. No matter well, where you you two are going to laugh at mine, but In-N-Out Burger. I mean, <laughs> it's the same everywhere you go. You've been to a few you of guys, them. For the audience, I have a little bit of a, a – a habit, we'll call it, maybe an addiction to in and out burger, but it is the same everywhere. That's a good one. A That's a good one. Okay. Tanner, can you, know, you think of one? Yeah, I'd add Nordstrom. I'd add Apple. You go into any Apple store, yeah, you can buy the same feel. And I, I would add, Russ, what you're, what you're describing is really using other words to describe the trend I put my finger on, which is culture of optional. The, the lady that handed her her French fry bag is most likely a part-time employee. And she is enculturated. It's why the customer felt it. And, you know, her description of, of training, she used the training word probably 10 times in that video. Yeah. And she's right, but she's incomplete. Certainly training's there, but it is culture driving that. It's institutional. It's in the DNA. It's who we are, and the customer feels it. Yeah. And I want to come back to that in a second, but just to have some more fun with this, I went to the other end. What actually started me on this, because it's the category is trends you wish you were seeing in 2019. I went to the brands that that I experienced. I know you guys have had experience with these two that where it's not consistent. And one of them for me is Marriott. And and I think the three of us are all um, loyal to Marriott. We we stay at a ton of Marriotts all over the, all over the world, quite frankly. And, and again, disagree with me if, if you feel differently, but man, I can stay at a full service Marriott in, in one location and five miles away, be back in the same city at a different full service Marriott. And they are so different or a courtyard Marriott, same brand, but very, very different from each other. You guys agree with that? Totally. Okay. Yeah. I, Absolutely. Jared and I, uh, we, 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 speaking of places we've eaten at, P.F. Chang's I put on the list, Jared. 
Do you agree with that? Well, we've had some bad right. <laughs> experiences. Right. Not to beat up on any brand because we're Love not doing that. I mean, we're, we're <laughs> but but you could. I, I I thought Delta's getting better at it. Um, but you still have sometimes when I'm boarding a, pl- a plane or I'm on a flight, and I think, my goodness, have you all not been to the to your point, Tanner, the training, or have you not been enculturated? Um, did you not get the memo about how you're supposed to to treat passengers? So um, that's it, Russ. I I it's funny you have that experience. I have that experience with United and American constantly. Delta is a breath of fresh air for me relative to consistency, and it's not perfect, but it is. I would describe it as consistent. Yeah, ninety percent, ninety-five percent, probably. I'd say. Yeah. What's interesting about Delta is the most consistent thing they have is the red coats. The red coats, True. for those of you who aren't familiar with that, the red coats are their uh, their little group of green berets within Delta that they handle all the customer service issues. They're kind of the managers on staff, but they have the authority to make changes. And so if you get a red coat, my consistent my consistent experience with red coats is they're always happy to help and willing to bend over backwards to get you whatever you need. And that is super consistent with Delta's brand. Well, and for the size of Delta – what they've been able to accomplish with brand consistency. Yeah, you're, you're right, Tanner. We got to give them credit for that. They're much larger than uh, one of the examples I use positively, which is Southwest. So, anyway, trends I wish I was seeing the Chick fil A video that, that, that gal in uh, Baton Rouge who recorded that, that video on her cell phone after going through the drive through at Chick fil A. Uh, it just made me think of um, I wish that we had more brands that more companies that were providing consistent experiences. Tanner, your item talks about how you can do that. I, I, I Just real quick on the Chick-fil-A example, I thought this was interesting. Um, I was reading some articles about Chick-fil-A recently because I'm trying to figure out, okay, how are they able to do it? Um, and culture is the answer for sure, but but more tactically, there was an article where they were describing one of the recent franchisee conventions. This one happened to be in Orlando, Florida, and one of the questions that the executives were, were asking the franchisees was, do you know the dreams of your team? Do you know the dreams of your team? And I thought, I cannot imagine that question being asked at some of the other brands that maybe aren't as consistent. Are you interested in the development of the 16-year-old work in the drive-through that that gal in the video was just was just praising? So, um, development we, has been a consistent theme in our in our conversation today. Um, anything else, you guys? Thoughts around that particular topic or trends you wish you were seeing or are seeing going into 2019 as we wrap up? Yeah, I would add one to to the 16-year-old you just described, Russ. They view her differently, differently in part because they view her as a future owner, of uh, owner-operator. Mm. I, I lived in the south side of Atlanta for 10 years, and my neighborhood was full of Chick-fil-A leaders, executives. And there is a humanity to what they do that is, is connected to people – and that's why you feel it. You feel it through the drive-thru for the 16-year-old because it's an authentic commitment to culture internally, and, and therefore it translates. Yeah, I would add, I kind of battled with between the one that I raised was uh, leadership alignment, that I would love to see a better trend at how to create more alignment across leadership teams, companies big or small. Picking three or four key results that you need to deliver on, key deliverables that you need to deliver on, and keeping completely clear and focused on that, it leads to a lot of the other things that we've talked about today. 
And to Tanner's point there, if you've got that type of clarity at the top, it's going to permeate all the way to the front line. And that's a trend that we've been trying to get in place for so long. But years of working with organizations, it seems like there's an inherent human nature fight to simplify and prioritize and, and be that clear. Great leaders make complicated things simple. Yeah. We talked, I, I brought up in some of the previous episodes uh, of the podcast, the difference between awareness and alignment, right? So those teams that are aligned around where they want to go that we, we could spend another, another episode or two or three talking about that. Uh, Tanner, Jared, thanks so much. I appreciate you carving time out during this, this busy time as we transition from 18 into 19 um, let's do it again sometime. Anytime, Russ. Tanner Corbridge and Jared Jones, two of the senior partners at the firm where I work, Partners in Leadership. If you want to read more about Tanner and Jared, connect with them. Just go to partnersinleadership.com, or you can check out the show notes at russhill.com slash 018 for episode number 18. I look forward to introducing you to more of my colleagues as well. If we weren't limited by NDAs, non-disclosure agreements, and we could talk openly about clients and work that we're doing, it would it would just be it would uh, it would be really impressive to you. And I say that with all humility. But the, the 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 organizations are some of the biggest in the world. The household names and the the products and projects that we're working on are very high profile. And so, getting the perspective of Tanner and Jared is is really invaluable. If you have not done so already, make sure you subscribe to the show so every week you just get automatic downloads and a notification on your phone that the new show is in. You can listen to it whenever you want to. You subscribe by simply clicking on the uh, subscribe, pushing on the subscribe button on whatever app you're listening to this show on right now. Look forward to talking to you next week when we'll have another show. This is the Decide to Lead podcast. Have a great week, everybody.